They say winning ain't everything. Well, we don't have them tight conversations over here, man. Had that conversation with the losers. We trying to win at everything we do. Even in the loss, we don't see defeat. We see a lesson learned. Straight up. Look, I came into this world in 1978 The doc looked me in my face and knew I was something great 45, 42 Prescott, that's where I'm from Grew up in the slums around dope dealers and bums As humble as I was, I adapted to my habitat In my own lane, no Far from where they crashing that Dumb bar graduate, the game out of mass it Served in the Navy, look Y'all don't know the half of it Pops passing no one Moms passed last year I know they up in heaven smiling down Crying mad tears Cause they son making it No telling where I'm taking it My city been cursed But I feel that I'm breaking it Coached at Wayne High in 15 in one state Seen the fork in the road and went straight I know what I'm worth. I'm OG King Kirk, Brooklyn Nets gaming crew legend. Let's work. Hey, this is OG King Kirk, and welcome to the OG Two Cents podcast. Back with another episode. Hope you enjoyed the last one with Scott Cole. Um, you know, just remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Helps us out a lot. Um, you can find us also on Spotify, iHeartRadio and so forth. So just make sure to remember to subscribe. Uh, also to remember to stand up against any forms of social injustice and racism. And this episode is brought to you by Zenny Blocks. Make sure to armor your eyes from Zenny Blocks virtual clear blue blockers. It's important to protect your eyes from the harmful blue lights from your digital screens. So you have less eye strain and that makes for better sleep and performance. Check them out at zenny.com slash gaming and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. This episode, episode 89, I interview with Coach Roy. Coach Roy is currently the head coach and GM for the Raptors Uprising. Prior to his current role, he spent one year as the assistant coach and, off and offensive co-coordinator for the Mavs Gaming. Uh, this came after creating... Uh, the inaugural 5v5 and 3v3 UPA champion, uh, Liquid Pro-Am Gaming. Uh, through his startup, uh, Liquid Sports Lab, after seeing the need for detailed structure in the amateur pro-am community. At 23, he is currently the youngest head coach and GM in the NBA 2K League and hopes to one day be the GM of an NBA franchise. Without further ado, you know, I don't like to get to do too much talking about my guests. Coach Roy, how you doing today? Good, Kurt, man. Appreciate you having me on. No, nah, no doubt. No doubt. I think uh, we met uh, in Vegas. Uh, that was our first uh, actual uh, encounter. Um, had a good time. Uh, at that time, you were uh, the assistant uh, LT with Mavs Gaming. Um, happy for you. Um, want you to be able to tell your story, uh, just to kick it off, uh, just let people know who Coach Roy is. So what's up, everyone? So uh, Coach Roy is a uh, man. It's a you know, it's a it's a tough first question, but um, in terms of who I am, man, I was just a, uh, I'm a I was an 18 year old kid playing pro am, just like uh, just like everyone else. And uh, for me, like uh, I got hurt. Right. I went to college, just like so many of people in 2K community, I went and played uh, college baseball, got hurt, and it forced me to look in the mirror and be like, how can I still compete? 
you know, with my arm in a sling at home, COVID's going on. How can I still find a way to be competitive in this uh, community, in this world? So I turned to Pro-Am and uh, it was probably, it was 2K17, 2K18, got really deep into the Pro-Am scene, was okay as a player, you know, wasn't really making any waves, definitely wasn't good enough to make a career out of it. Uh, went to school, got my degrees, and then always had a love and passion for it. So uh, out of college, had the opportunity to, you know, start Liquid Pro-Am, uh, LT, shout out LT Fairly for giving me an opportunity with Mavs Gaming. Um, and just really was an opportunity to make a passion my career. And, uh, you know, shout out the Raptors Uprising front office, our, our ELT team here, executive leadership team for uh, giving me the opportunity to come in and be a GM and head coach in my second 2K League season. No, no doubt. Um, talk about how you put Liquid Pro-Am, to, uh, the Liquid Pro-Am team together. Uh, it was Obviously, you did something new, something that was uh, kind of foreign in our community to a degree. Uh, so just talk about the idea and how you executed that. Yeah, so I, uh, like I said, I was a player literally earlier that year I was playing. It was uh, 2K21. It was, it was uh, current gen or now last gen. So I was playing and uh, I said, I literally told myself, told my teammates, I said, we can't make it past WR Elite 8. I'm done. Like, this is too much time. Uh, I could be doing other things. We could all be doing other things. Like it was a time to look in the mirror and, and you know, find another way to hopefully get in the league. So we didn't make it past WR Elite 8, just like every year before that. And uh, MPBA Elite 8, but like every year before that. And literally I was like, okay, how can I make a difference? How can I kind of, you know, do something that hasn't been done before. And I had a startup um, and it was uh, for, focused in biotechnology. And I was like, that's great. But there's a lot of people talking about how to do stuff. And then I was like, I want to be the first one to actually put something together. So I knew the biggest thing for pro-am teams holding talent back was, uh, and as a player was teams break up all the time, man. Someone gets into a fight. There's no, uh, there was less accountability without the players there in person, right? That's what the 2K league does. Puts them in a room together, forces them to hash out their issues. So I said, all right, if there can be someone that kind of, brings is the unifying figure in keeping these guys together when things get hard their talent can really shine at the upper level right because we all got peaks and valleys if we can make our valleys we can raise them up a little bit then we don't got to worry about the team just quitting because things got hard so that's all it was is uh i had you know a lot of young kids at the time we had uh ryan harris uh you know that spam 101 we had um mason bracken johnny red uh eyeball zay uh Matt, who was King Peroxide and, uh, and Dietrich. And at the time, these guys were playing on their little amateur teams and Spam was with one of many. Uh, Johnny was coming from Bombs of Way, uh, Bombs Away. Zay had just played with In Control, which was obviously the, like, the name and pro at the time. Ha- uh, Matt was coming from the league. Peroxide was coming from the league. And Dietrich was like on the come up. And basically all these guys kind of knew each other and they'd showcased like pretty solid value. And I said, if I can just be the guy that keeps this team together, um, they had all the talent in the world. If I can put them in a position to do content, stay together through the peaks and the valleys in a position where resources aren't a problem for them to go to these new land events, I think we might have something special. And that's really how it, it came to be is uh, people say, man, what did you do differently? I'm like, yeah, the numbers, the analytics, all that kind of stuff. But it was really just an ecosystem for guys to show their talent. I mean, you know, I wasn't playing the game for them. We were just trying to navigate the ebbs and flows of amateur pro-am together. No, that sounds wonderful. I know we talked about 
uh, you being, of course, the assistant coach with Mavs Gaming and then now being the head coach of Raptors Uprising. Uh, but I want you to talk about that journey and, like, how did things come about? Like, you know, how, who, you know, the chain of events that took place before you became the assistant coach for Mavs Gaming and then also landed before landing the job as the head coach for Raptors Uprising. Yeah, and it's uh, it's actually been a, like a crazy whirlwind because uh, I think it was it's been like one year. Like literally, I got hired as the Mavs Gaming Assistant Coach in December, and so we won UPA last year in July. And uh, after UPA, uh, when you do something right, my dad always used to tell me when you do something right, like whether it's right, wrong, whatever the case may be, when you do something notable, people are going to talk about it. So uh, we won, and I, the timeline went crazy. Right, they were like Liquid won. They did this. They were really young. How did they even win? We thought they were going to fold on stage. And I got a lot of the credit. Some deserve, some undeserved, man, for sure. And uh, they kind of elevated my status in terms of like, people were like, okay, he won an amateur event. The logical next step is for him to get an interview. So uh, I think LT was the biggest reason why I, I got an interview is uh, LT and the team over there at Mavs Gaming, they were like, okay, you know, we're going into a new year. We're looking for a new assistant coach. I think LT was great at saying, I am, he's such a strong community guy. Like players want to play for LT. So he said, if I can get an analytics guy, a guy who's more numbers focused, younger, like new in the community, surface level, then like he's good at stuff that I'm not good at. And I'm good at stuff that he's not good at. And they can like really round out our coaching staff. So uh, the way he always tells me, he's like, yeah, man, I say, you know, I'll give you an interview. What's the worst case that can happen? And I tell all the coaching candidates out there, man, if you win something somewhere, if you're winning consistently, you're going to get an interview. Now, how you do in the interview is really how, you know, what keeps your foot in the door. And um, yeah, I was lucky. I went through three or four interviews with the Mavs and just talked to them about my process, was able to get hired over there. Um, it was a, it was a solid season. We won the ticket championship in terms of Mavs gaming history. It was their best every year in terms of earnings made. Um, and I think we did, LT and I maximized the roster and talent on that team and uh, how it came about with the Raptors is a, uh, it's truly a funny story. And I've actually never told this story before. So I thought I'd hear on the podcast, uh, there was a trade deal we were doing last year and the head coach and GM at the time was a guy named Shane Talbot. And at the time, and I can tell the story now that Shane's um, now the CEO of AMP shout out Shane doing big things. Uh, he said, Hey, I'm moving out of this role soon just so you know. Um, so if our trade talks don't get finalized, nothing comes to fruition, call this other guy. So I end up calling Shane's vice VP, who was like the interim GM for a bit. We go back and forth and I basically tell him, look, man, you're asking for too much. This is why I think you're asking for too much. And I end up giving him like a whole numbers proposal and being like, I think you're BSing me and here's why. And me and him actually got into a little fight. He was like, I like, you know, like, I don't, you're BSing me, you're BSing me, whatever. I'm like, whatever, never gonna talk to this guy again. We Nothing ends up be happening. Two days later, the VP of the, of the Toronto Raptors shoots me a LinkedIn connection. And two weeks later after that, he goes, yo, uh, I know we had our differences on the call. So I just want to tell you how much I respect you for like sticking to your guns and saying like what you believed in. So in six months go by, the Raptors have a tough season. He reaches back out to me and he goes, uh, you know, what do you think about our season? And I was, it was a weird question at the time because I was, you know, with the Mavericks, so I wasn't going to entertain it. Um, and I was just like, oh, yeah, like giving him surface level stuff. He said, you know, I've always remembered our conversation at a trade talk in January. If there is an opportunity for you to be the coach here, like, I think I can see something coming to fruition. 
So then after the season concluded over at the Mavs, we went back and forth. And then obviously we're able to land on a, you know, number and, and bring me over here to Toronto. So it's truly like every single one of the opportunities I've got, man, I've been truly blessed with someone in the community or someone in a leadership role, giving me an opportunity and just noticing me from a situation that I didn't think I could get noticed in, you know? No, without a doubt. And if I had to throw my two cents in there, it's, um, it's a lot of lessons to be learned. Uh, for one, you you put in the work uh, why people were looking, why people wasn't looking. Uh, once it got acknowledged, you took advantage of the opportunity. Uh, and then even in the situation between uh, Raptors Uprising and Mavs Gaming, I mean, just you sticking to your guns and being who you are, uh, it, it paid dividends. I mean, sometimes we can be in situations where, um, you know, we may not always be viewed upon as the, as the best, uh, in that particular situation, but somebody can admire from afar. And when opportunities open up, boom, you know, there, there you are, you always, uh, manage to, to stick on people's brains when you stick to yourself, your guns and be who you are. Yeah. Um, so that made yourself become attractive to them and, uh, opened up another situation. Uh, so congrats to you on that. I mean, I, um, where, where are you from, Roy? So uh, I, I grew up in, I'm from everywhere. So I grew up here in Toronto from when I was six to 13. I moved to New York, right outside New York city from 13 to 21. And then as soon as I, gra- I went to college in upstate New York. And as soon as I graduated college, obviously went to the Mavericks and now back in Toronto. So a little bit of everywhere, but I spent like six, five, six years here when I was like super young. Gotcha. 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 Um, shout out to Shane too. I'm, he's one of my favorite guys. Uh, m- kind of, uh, miss interacting with him and doing our league meetings when we have them every year and different things like that. But, um, great guy, especially somebody uh, to get to know, mm-hmm. um, thoughts on, on NBA 2k 23. Yeah. I mean, it's a different game. Um, in terms of we're used to seeing the high, the high scoring guard and that still holds true a little bit, but, uh, I think the little things come out a lot more in this game. And uh, this is kind of a year I I pushed myself as a player this year, this pre-draft to kind of get back into the game as heavy as I did back in the day. And you just notice like, it's not as easy to score. Um, And so what that does is it magnifies all the little things, right? The communication, the good routes, the good chemistry, the spacing, all that kind of stuff. Cause you might have a great possession, not score. So all you can keep doing is keep putting yourself in, great in situations to get great positions again uh, possessions again so uh i think it puts a i think it takes it puts a big microscope on the on the little things some stuff we could ignore before which is like he can score the ball it's not really anyone or maybe there is a couple guys but maybe there's five or six guys that are scoring the ball like that so everybody else how well you do those other things right so i think it's gonna be interesting for sure right now kind of to bounce back um to your past experience and and what you have endured over the 2K League seasons, coming, you know, being somebody who was a spectator mm-hmm. and having your own thoughts and like many and how you feel like you can impact the organization or what type of splash you can make in the league, going from that stage to actually getting into the game and actually being a part of the league and being a part of a franchise, what are some things that you thought Um, was one way when you were on the outside looking in versus when you actually got your foot in the door. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was, um, I mean, I was was 17, 18 years old. I was was a junior in high school when the league first came out. 
So season one, I was, oh yeah, I was 17 season one. And uh, I thought that, you know, we've got these like crazy big staffs, right? I thought it would be the GM 2K league team. Like I just going to be a GM. That's it. And then uh, I finally got to do it. And I'm like, man, it is like, you're basically running a whole operation over here, like a CEO almost. Um, so I think that's the number one thing is, is uh, how much coaches do. I think uh, from the community standpoint, a lot of people are like, how come the same coaches, you know, don't have a poor year and get fired? Because none of us actually just coach. Like there's so many, there's partnership, sponsorship, uh, ELT, uh, you know, community-based stuff internal external all this kind of stuff and you've got to wear so many hats i think that's been the biggest like transition point where i'm like the coaches are just coaches no the coaches gotta we gotta do everything so uh yeah i think that's the biggest like myth about the 2k league that was different right uh, you know it's always an interesting topic because um you know rarely i mean it, it's always situational but like you said in most situations, if you look at traditional sports where you're the coach, you just coach. Like you don't you don't have to do uh, your responsibilities are, are lessened outside of the actual basketball operations of things. So uh, it's always interesting that if somebody has a down year or, or some down years and people calling, you know, for their for their head. Uh, the other thing about it is that there are worse things that can happen in the 2k league outside of loser yeah. like you're you're literally getting most of the time at least from my experience i mean now it's to the point where i probably have two to three young kids who, who've never been away from home mm -hmm. never never you know been on their own of any sort mm -hmm. and they coming into a whole new market experiencing a whole new lifestyle pretty much living as as a grown individual and there are so many, so many things that uh, a player could get into that's war that that would be worse uh, than losing. So, to be able to the manager franchise um, have a season where you don't experience anything external outside of two uh, K league two K league activities, uh, that's almost a win in itself. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, it's always an interesting topic. I mean, like I said, nobody gets in this. Uh, wanting to lose. Um, yeah. I want to ask you, you know, going from one experience to the next, um, kind of like a, a clean slate, so to speak, because you're uh, in a new market, you, in different roster. Um, what are some things that um, if you can go back uh, and and take from the experiences that you had and, and kind of want to clean up, clean it up going into the future what are some things that you kind of want to tighten up and become better at um so my my takeaway from from last year some of the things that i wish i did was uh speak up more and uh and why i say that is uh at the end of the day like i think you put it best like the 2k league franchise in most teams falls on the the head of one person or two people and it's everything it's everything from did you meet with this sponsor to, you know, is this guy mentally healthy off the game to, is he producing on the court? And um, I think a lot of situations like, you know, being a first year, being a 22 year old kid coming out of college. Um, I just sat back and I said, okay, like this is the way that things have always been done and I'll sit back and I'll, I'll be okay with it. But 
I mean, if there's a better way, then go do it, you know, go tell someone. And if you can't do it, like, you know, uh, go approach your head coach or your GM or whatever the case may be and say, Hey, I think there's a better way to do things. Um, and I say that because, uh, there's always a better way to do things, right? Like I, things have to adapt as new information is exposed to us. We got to get better. So I think, uh, one thing that I did is I, I definitely, uh, I wish I spoke up a little more in certain situations, but, uh, otherwise, um, uh, you know, I will say otherwise do your research on an organization before you join them. Um, and what I mean is, uh, everyone's got their values. We have, we have our values as men, as coaches, as players, the same thing goes for the, you know, senior leadership in organizations. Uh, so if you can do your research and I mean, really do your research, Google them. Yes. But speak to people that have worked with them, worked for them, ask the right questions in the interview. So one, one, one question I always ask now, every time I interview for a, you know, a coaching job. So I ask the manager, whoever the hiring manager for the role is. So in most cases in 2K league franchises, that's a vice president somewhere. And I always ask them, what makes you most proud of your team? Because you get to see, you know, do these guys truly believe in the power of esports and community or do they, are they going to give you a blanket answer? Like, oh, they work hard. They can give you some specific stuff, some specific knowledge. You can tell they're tapped in with their team. They're tapped in. They know their guys. They know their, who they've got in charge. They have read through the rules. They wake up thinking about this problem. They go to sleep thinking about this problem. So yeah, between speaking out more and doing your research on organizations before you join them. Um, and I, there's a lot of prospective coaches now, and I'm very happy that, you know, I was a small part in that and people are coaching in the amateur scene. Not every organization is for everyone. Put yourself in advantageous situations and positions where you can grow, where you can feed into the organization and the organization can feed off of you. Um, you know, if you can't leave a place better than you found it, don't take the role. If it's going to cost you your peace, don't take the role. And that's some valuable, valuable information. I mean, and and coming from a puppy, so to speak, that that hasn't been in the league for a, a long time, but it, it definitely is fact. I mean, I, I think um, it, it pays dividends to be in the right situation um, because internally you want it to help you grow as you help the organization grow. Um, I, and I think um, it, sometimes it's a it's it's tough, uh, but it can be well worth it at the end. Uh, now, you know, we got a, a another UPA uh, regional event coming up uh, in Dallas, Texas. Um, I want to get your thoughts on uh, something that we spoke about vaguely uh, about, you know, some prospects, you know, going, some may not be going. I uh, just want to get your opinion on the topic. Yeah, I think, uh, well, some prospects, it's just, I would I would treat it like the draft combine, right? The NFL draft combine. Some prospects don't run the 40. Why don't they run the 40? Well, because they got nothing left to prove. They put up, you know, 8,000 yards in college. Why would I run the 40? It can only hurt me, right? So for some prospects, some players, I understand. If you're, you know, you're a guaranteed top five pick and you're saying, hey, I don't, I don't want to do this, you know, then don't do it. Uh, I think my number one thing is don't half-ass it. Don't go just to go. If you're going to go, lock in. Uh, if you're going to go like use that platform as your platform. So for everyone else though, that's not either retained or a guaranteed pick. There is something at stake here. Um, and what I mean by that is you wouldn't be a prospect. Every single coach now has a spreadsheet or document or some list or a whiteboard somewhere 
of about 50 names. 50 is 48 picks in this year's draft, 50 to 75 names, right? You may or may not be on that list of 50, 75 names. So if you're not on that list, UPA provides an, for the number one opportunity to go put yourself on that list. If you're on that list, it gives you the number one opportunity to move up that list. You never know what we're going on behind the scenes. The same way that you never know what somebody else is going through in life, you don't know what we're looking for. You know, there could be a team out there somewhere that's saying, you know what, personality-wise, we have four alpha guys. We have guys that like to talk a lot, which is fine. I need a good listener at the four. I have a power forward spot open. I need a good listener. And you don't know that you don't know those little things. So you might be, you know, pretty good on the court, but if they go see like, hey, you know what? He's taking a backseat to his teammates, which isn't a problem. You don't always got to be a leader. Somebody's got to do some listening sometimes. And they say, okay, look, you know, this is the guy for me. Um, and so I, UPA is, is, it's the proving ground. Um, I think, I mean, even for me, like without UPA, I, I'm not in the league and I'm a coach. Uh, if you're not a guaranteed prospect, I think you have to be playing in it. Go out, meet some people, network, put some names to faces. It's good for the community, first of all, which we all care about because we all spend a lot of time, you know, growing it. Um, it's good for yourself, can improve your draft stock. And it's good to just meet people, you know. Um, you, these guys might, if, even if you're in the league, these guys might be your teammates one day. Don't you want to get to know them as men, you know? So uh, I think if you've got the means and resources to be at UPA, you absolutely should be, be should be there, whether you're playing or not playing. Um, it's too much on the line to go to bed at night and say, could I do more, you know? No, without a doubt. Um, I think uh, it falls up under what I, what I feel like is, and you're now in that role where you're going to be, interviewing prospects and uh and everything like that but the more you can get to know about a prospect the better i mean i, I keep trying to tell uh the community uh through so many tweets and so many videos but as this league continues to to grow and go um it's going to be a lot more sophisticated than it has been in the past and when i say that i'm speaking from a higher management all the way down to a coach or a GM that's from the community. I mean, people over time, I mean, this is not something that is hard to follow. Um, the 2K community is not as complex as some people like to make it. Um, so people who have not been introduced uh, to 2K early, but have caught on in the last three to five years, they're going to figure out like, you know, different prospects and different players and how they are on Twitter and, you know, how they are when they play in the game and different things like that. So some organizations, they kind of have a, a quote unquote prototype of, you know, what type of player they want to deal with and what type of player they don't want to deal with. And I think sometimes that's what um, we fail to, to recognize by not being accountable uh, for our own actions. And I'm, I'm saying are because I, I have and always will be a part of the community at, to some degree, but People have to start recognizing that. I mean, I think for like, I'll be at UPA. Um, Christian will be there with me too, but I I like to see people in person. Uh, online is not good enough for me when you don't get always get a chance to, you don't even hear comms or, or get cams or anything like that too many times when you're watching players compete online. And that's whether it's in the amateur leagues or in the combine or whatever. So I think it's important that, Bar money issues, I mean, because people have them, but bar money issues, if you can make 
uh, UPA, I would strongly advise uh, that you attend uh, not only to compete, but mainly to network and really get people a sense of uh, who you are uh, in person. Uh, and it, that, that can take you uh, a long way. This year may not be your year, but next year could be your year. And you fail to, to, to attend events that could uh, actually, you know, keep, keep you on people's minds. Uh, and I, I think that's important uh, for people to do. And so I think a big thing too, is like, I, I used to have the saying with LT last year, like it's players, not picks. So everyone's like, Oh, I, I won't get drafted there because they got 27 and I'm projected to go 45. And I'm like, you don't know. Like if you need a power forward and that's all you need, who cares if it's 25 or 45? Like it's players, not picks. What does that mean? Like, this is not the internet. Like this job, the 2K league is not the internet. Kurt, you've been in that room. I've been in that room before where things are not good. And I need the the the, the man behind the controller to step up and say, fellas, we got to be better. You know, I need a leader. I need a, uh, someone who's going to rally the guys. I need a guy that's going to buy in, who's going to follow that leader. I need personalities that are going to ensure that like we're doing our best job like day after day after day. And UPA is the number one way to show your personality. That That's what it is. Put yourself in the best position to succeed. If you show something in your personality and I got, you know, I've picked 36 and I got one pick left. If I got one pick left, I got my team. I know what my team is. I know what they can do on the court. Now I'm really looking for the guy that can help us on the court, off the court, in the content room, in the stream room that I'm in right now. Like it's a lot more that goes into the game than the game in the 2K League. And I think when people start understanding that UPA is a way to show your originality because we all play the same league builds, man. You got to be original some way. And you, and that's, that's you as a man and UPA gives you the opportunity to do that. So. No, I like that. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to quote that. Uh, play, it's players, not picks. Yeah. I like that. Um, you know, before we get to OG wants to know, I want to ask you this, just some thoughts and expectations mm -hmm. uh, that you may have uh, in this upcoming season. Yeah, for me, tough spot, tough spot to be in, right? Uh, no first round pick. Um, came in Kenny, Saint, and Type. Um, think transparently, think all those guys are great players. Like I said, I think uh, this wasn't the time for Saint and Type to uh, to to be here. We didn't have, and that's on us. That's on the Raptors. We as the Raptors, and I'll include myself in this, even though I wasn't here last year. I will include myself. We failed to put a winning product around them. We failed them to be in a, to put them in a position to be successful. So, you know, I was happy to send Saint to the Cavs. Um, I think it put him in a great position to be A, closer to his daughter. I mean, family over everything at the end of the day. But B, also, he had at the time a set five that he could play with. And was he was super, like, hungry to play with guys such as Oreo. So I'm happy we could do that for him. Um, and I think Type gets, a like, a new, a new lease on life with the Knicks, man. I think they got two really good guards. I think that's going to let Tyke be successful. At the end of the day, like, I want my players, whether they played for me one season, no season, whatever the case may be, I want them to be in the best positions possible. I want them to turn this job into a career. And so I think we sent them to spots where they can keep consistently producing and keep, you know, being retained in this league. Um, in terms of, you know, production on the court. Yeah. I mean, it's the job is still to win. Maybe, maybe it looks a little different for us, right? Maybe that job is three V three. Maybe that job is the ticket. Maybe the job is uh, winning some BO ones, sneaking some money when we can. The job is just to win. Um, we're, I'm going to, we're still going to try and I think the league has changed enough where we're still going to try and win a tournament this year, even though we're in a rebuilding season, 
But at the end of the day, and this goes out to all the prospects out there, if I can keep three players at the end of this year, that's a successful season for me. Because it was a really tough spot to be in as a new GM moving countries with a brand new roster and no first round pick. Um, if I can keep three players, if I can have a core, a nucleus, three guys I can count on, depend on, and know how this thing works, that's a win for me in my book for this season. Hey, I agree. I agree. I, I, I've been um, <laughs> I've been in some trying situations myself uh, throughout uh, this time. I was coming up on my fifth season. Um, you know, I'm always accused. Uh, my VP always accuses me of overcooking my grits because uh, basically calling me a, a worry wart. But um, everybody, like everybody, wants to win. Like I want, I I want to be competitive first and foremost. Because without being competitive, you don't have a shot uh, at winning. But um, you know, it it's more stress uh, than people think. Um, you trying to to get uh some continuity between players that haven't been together for a long time. Uh, and this is not like online where you can just pick up the controller and cut on the game when you feel like it. Um, you're, you're dealing with players in live times who ultimately have lives of their own that's going on during the season. Uh, most of them are away from home and things of that nature, but you're trying to put it all together uh, on, on one night on a, on a per night basis. Uh, to be the best that you can be. And uh, it's not always easy. And especially with the format that we're dealing with now, uh, where we're playing online in, in order, and then you have to qualify to go play in person. Um, if you're not playing in person now, you don't have a chance at, at winning anything. So uh, definitely a stressful situation. And like I said, I've been there a time or two. So uh, I can I can side with you. But uh, wishing you nothing but the best uh, in your upcoming season as a head coach. Um, it's that time of the show. It's called OG wants to know, uh, just rapid fire questions. Uh, nothing too hard. Just answer open and honestly as possible. Um, uh, favorite thing to do when you're not working. Uh, right now playing 2k when I was in Dallas, it was kayaking. Okay. Uh, favorite food. Favorite food. Oh, this is a tough one, man. Um, I'm gonna say my so I'm Indian. My grandma's got like a like a spinach dish called Pollock Paneer. Uh, always makes me miss it. There's some good Indian restaurants here. I had some the other day. Made me think of her. So Pollock Paneer. Gotcha. Favorite color and why? Uh, red. And it was because when I was six years old, I was a huge Raptors fan. So that red and second second purple, that old school Raptors throwback, that was my favorite color growing up. Still is. Gotcha. Uh, favorite 2K player of all time. Favorite 2K player of all, probably uh, JBM. Uh, I knew Jack since we were like kids. Um, Jack is from Rye, which is right next to Scarsdale. So I got to know Jack like growing up. And then, uh, you know, you lose touch, go, like, you know, search him up on Instagram, see what what, what he's up to. See, he's playing in the 2K league. See, he's winning in the 2K league. See, he's pretty good in the 2K league. So uh, yeah, JBM, me and him are super close. Um, so, um, you know, hope he's doing well. I know he's doing well. He's over at college now. So proud of him. Favorite athlete. Favorite athlete. Um, favorite athlete. Probably say um, Roger Federer. My dad. Uh, my dad and I growing up were. Uh, he was a big tennis fan, so he would like wake me up like six a.m. My mom was like, "Why are you waking up the kid? He's three years old. Take me to go watch tennis, stuff like that." So Roger Federer. Got you. Um, favorite genre of music. Favorite genre of music. Um, 
I don't know it's a cop out answer, but whatever. Like when I was in Dallas, I got super into country music just because that's like the you know the community, and I wanted to like get to know the community of where you live. But all time, I'd probably say like rap or or R and B, like older R and B. Okay. Uh, favorite content creator. Favorite content creator, Chris Smoove. That was uh, I was in high school watching those videos, like you know, <laughs> like under the under the covers, hoping like no one, no one, you know, my mom would would like cut off the phone because of curfew. But Chris Smoove back when he made those my career videos. Got you. Uh, favorite two K. Favorite two K. Um, seventeen. Okay. Uh, best two K league moment. Best 2K uh, so far. So it's only been one year for me so far. Beating the Jazz last year was uh, was was awesome because no one thought we was gonna do it. And watching LT, uh, that was my favorite part of being the Jazz man. Is like he's a very calm guy. So when he gets animated, you know, like something big just happened. So L- watching LT after we beat the Jazz last year, he was going nuts. I loved it. It was awesome. Energy was electric. Okay, what would you consider success uh, in your first season as a head coach? Um, finding the right culture. Um, and it's so funny because I'm known as the data guy, right? I'm known as like the, the, the guy who took Josiah's numbers and like put them on steroids. Like Nick said that in the video on the timeline a couple months ago and like, yeah, but, and that's completely true. And that's still who I am, but finding the right culture for me would be success. I got one guy on the roster and transparently, and I've told Kenny this, I'll tell you this, I'll tell everyone this. Kenny could be really good. Kenny could be not so good. I mean, we're trying to, Hopefully that we get season three Kenny back and I believe we'll get season three Kenny back. But if we get the right culture of guys that where I can get, you know, three guys that know who they are, know what they want and know how to get there. Then my job becomes super easy. It's get them two other, other prospects and players that want to win just as bad as they do and do things the right way. And it sounds cliche, but when you, when you don't have it, you realize how much it matters. And so find the right culture in my first season. If I can find that, it's championship. It's find the right culture first, and it's championship aspirations from that point onwards. I will tell you this: everything that's considered cliche is not so <laughs> clicheish uh, when you're in this situation. Um, before we get out of here, just um, you know, what's what's next for Coach Roy? And I want you to to give some advice on on prospects um, that's out there uh, trying to make the two K league. Uh, so what's what's next for me? And uh, it's, a, it's a good question, man, because I, I think about this the other day. I have wanted to be in this position for since I was in high school. I, you know, like I was 17 years old saying, I, like, I want to I want to be in this chair one day. Like it was, you know, I want to be head coach and I want to be head coach and GM. And LT used to always tell me, he said, like, I, do you really want it? Because like, it's a lot. And I texted him the other day at like one in the morning. I texted him. I said, yo, you were right, man. Like, this is, this is too much, man. Like. And he was like, I told you. So what's next? Transparently, I, I don't know. Um, I've been dreaming about this position right here for so long that uh, I'm now here. And what's next is hopefully doing a great job here. Um, and that's all I'm really focused on. And honestly, that comes from a place of privilege. Like I'm one of the few that got very, very lucky to to be able to dream something and and then be able to go do it, man. Very, you know, very few men in this life get that opportunity. So, so that comes from a very grateful place. Um, and my piece of advice for prospects is um, don't leave any stone unturned. And uh, like I said, more cliche, but take the cliche and make something literal out of it. So what are you doing to ensure you get drafted, right? 
today, if you had to look in the mirror and say, what are the things that I'm lacking at? What would they be? And what I mean by that is some some people are really good on the court, but there's no there's no regimented film of them in a good spot for scouts to go view. Go make that. Why would you leave it on the table? Why would you leave this to chance? Some people are, you know, um, great at the game and have that, but no one really knows them because they only came up in the last six months. Okay, I know I know it's going to be tough to get to UPA. I know flights are expensive, but you got to grind. Get get your ass to UPA so you can, you know, we can start seeing you in person, see how you perform on that stage, all that kind of stuff. The 2K community is known for everyone who says there's no opportunity here. I say, look, opportunity is what you make of it. There are opportunity in select places. There are people with tons of knowledge. Make sure you leave no stone unturned. Make sure you're going to the events, you're DMing people. And my actual thing to take away from what I'm saying, the worst thing that somebody can say is no. If you send Kurt a DM or me a DM and we don't respond, we don't respond. But maybe we do. You know, if you ask us for advice, maybe we respond, maybe we don't, but maybe we do. Someone says no, fine. Someone says nothing, fine. But someone with knowledge and inner workings of how things work, of where you want to be, gives you the time of day, you can get your foot in the door. You know what I mean? Make people notice you. I don't care how it is. You can Twitter DM them, play well enough, be a good enough guy. People have got drafted for all three of those reasons. Just make yourself un, like to the point where you have to be noticed. And if you're noticed and you're in the, we will notice you if, if you make yourself noticed. And if you hoop while you're being noticed and you, we say, yo, that guy's pretty good. And, and he's also playing well on the court. There you go, man. That's how you get drafted. And once you're in the league, it doesn't matter where you got drafted. So just, uh, just make sure you sleep at night and you go, I did everything I could to make my dream a reality. And if it's just 2K league stuff, if it is your dream, then you should be doing everything for it because it's your dream. There, you, you should be going to bed at night and saying, could I have done more? And the answer is no. Sleep like a baby. Wake up. Do it again tomorrow. Hey, well put. Well put. Um, also, uh, before you get out of here, I want to make sure people can find Coach Roy on uh, all your social media channels. So uh, just plug away. Yeah, man. So Twitter, it's uh, Roy Chris. So just Roy and then K-H. R-I-S, uh, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm, I try and get, you know, active on LinkedIn now, keep it professional. Um, like I said, the VPs are doing the hiring, right? And the VPs are all on LinkedIn. So make yourself a LinkedIn, Roy Krishnan. I will be the first one. K-R-I-S-H-N-A-N. That's my last name. And then, uh, Instagram is just Roy.Krishnan. Um, and just my first name, not my last name. So appreciate Kurt for having me on, man. Got to, you know, you see me come up from, he first spoke about me when Liquid won the world championship. Feels like a million years ago, only <laughs> like 12, 14 months ago. And uh, last thing I want to say to everyone out there is if I can do it, you can do it. I see a lot of you on the timeline crusading for vouchers, saying maybe I can't get in, maybe I can get in. Look, man, I did it. It's been a year. It's been a crazy year. God has been good to me. But if I did it, you can do it. I want you to, you know, I'm not no different than anybody else. I want you to keep grinding. You know, you never know when that opportunity might drop for you. No, no doubt. Um, I want to say just congrats, Roy. Uh, like I said, I've had a chance to spend time with you and talk with you and watch your progress, uh, you know, before the league, now uh, entering the league. And, of course, you work with my best friend. So I was probably a little closer to you than, than most. Um, but just uh, continue to, to thrive and, and learn and, 
uh, navigate your way through this because, you know, it's it's really um, no instruction booklet uh, when it comes to to life within the 2K League. It's just something you have to experience and, and just learn along the way. But I want to thank you for coming on. I uh, look forward to uh, button heads with you uh, sometime here soon. And definitely, I know I'll see you at UPA. Hey, Kurt, if I can do half as good a job putting together a roster as you did and be one piece away next year, I'll take that, man. So, yeah, appreciate it. Got you. And I, I want to thank everybody who tuned in for this episode. Uh, also, remember, check out the, uh, the la the, our latest episode uh, before this uh, with Scott Cole. Uh, definitely a good episode that you don't want to miss. Uh, but remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and, of course, yours truly, YouTube. Uh, so make sure you give us that five-star rating. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel as well. Uh, you can also uh, find the OG Two Cents podcast on social media at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, follow myself, OG King Kurt, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Uh, you can find me on TikTok and uh, LinkedIn as well. Uh, go, you can go to www.ogkingkurt.com for everything the OG Two Cents podcast and myself. Uh, make sure you. Uh, Go there for anything that you want to find out going on uh, with the podcast and the OG. Uh, shout out to my team, Strider Visuals, uh, Box Graphics, uh, Matrix, and Chris, Christian Charisma uh, for all the hard work uh, that they put in to make this podcast uh, is what it is. I definitely couldn't do it without those guys. Uh, make sure that you... Tune in to the, the, the episode, next week's episode, and remember, if it makes sense, it's an OG two cents. OG out. Put this work in, fellas. And much, much, much love to the entire 2K community for always showing me love. Without y'all, we wouldn't be here. Yarr! Yarr! Yarr!